Hey folks, it's Jeff Fuzzy Wenzel from the Woodshed Agency, and you are listening to a new episode of Successfully Funded. Here we go. Let's turn it up. Turn it up. Yeah! All right, crowdfunders, how is everybody doing out there in the beautiful, wonderful land of crowdfunding, the magical space that we all come to enjoy all around making dreams come true, right? Where you put up your project and uh, you know a bunch of money comes in, right? You just put it on the internet and poof, money. You hear that pop in that piece? So I am your host, Jeff Fuzzy Wenzel. I am the CEO of Woodshed Agency. And if this, if this is your first time here, thank you so much much. This podcast, it's about project creators while they're in the middle of crowdfunding campaigns, you know, while they're trying to, to drive backers. And what we want to do is we want to talk to them while they're in the middle of the battle or, you know, their campaign has just finished up. And the reason we do that is that we want to give the most up-to-date information on what you need to do to be successful in your campaigns. So that's why we do this. So again, if this is your first time here, Thank you so much for joining. We've got an amazing episode coming up today. Um, my guest is going to be from the company Pure Over. Um, it is this really unique uh, all-glass coffee maker. Um, and it, it, you know you won't have to use a filter again, right? So it's one of these really, really unique ideas here. Um, so my interview is going to be with Atai Ramil in just a little bit here. Um, but before we get to that, you know, before we get to coffee makers and, and blowing glass and and Emil's really kind of a crazy story, uh, you know, before we get to that interview, I mean, like this is one of those things where you never know what you're getting, right? Like I don't do a ton of research on clients. I know, I know I should be, right? I should be way up in there, you know what, before I interview them. But like, I like to kind of be fresh myself when I go into it. Um, so like, you know, I'm just, I'm like, all right, we're going to talk about a glass glass coffee maker, right? You know? We'll see what see what see what the story is. And you get in there and you realize, man, he's got all this other stuff. He was a glass blower and he makes musical instruments from from glass and he does all this really, really unique stuff. And the conversation sort of takes its own little little um, you know, takes its own little winding road, right? And I I just love that stuff. I love it because I, I didn't come in with any expectations and I was honestly blown away. So like I said, that interview's coming up here in just a little bit. And mind you too. You know, at a ten thousand dollar goal, they're up over two hundred and twenty five thousand dollars with fifteen days to go. So monstrous campaign here. So, all right. Well, what else is going on? Well, today's September fourteenth. Today's my anniversary with my wife. So I know she's not listening to this because, well, she has other things to do. You know, she's educating my children right now. But uh, happy anniversary, baby. Um, yep, it was eight years ago today that we decided to, you know, get married married, that type of stuff, right? Um, we had a nice little weekend. We got to go out. Um, we got to have a little dinner minus the children. Um, and, you know, get to go back and uh, do a little... Oh, I'm sorry. What What did I just say? I don't know what I was just talking about. Um, so, yeah, great time this weekend. It was always a good time. Always always nice, always nice. Um, but, you know, and uh, we you know, went down to my parents. I was down there yesterday. I got to watch a little bit of uh, Lions football. That's back. The NFL is back. And the Lions, right on cue. If, if, you're, from, if you're from this area, if you're, if you're a Lions you know, or football fan or you just know anything about the Lions, they, they won in typical Lions fashion. So it's good to know that this crazy 2020 year is just about over because uh, the Lions, we're back, to re- we're back to just reality, right? Um, God, what a... It's hard when I'm watching these games. It's hard. I I am actively like rooting uh, for the ridiculousness, right? Um, you know, so like I, I'm always just like I knew yesterday watching that game what was going to happen. I just knew it. I was like, I know it's going to happen. They're not going to win this game. They're going to lose to a really bad team, a really bad quarterback, and they did that. That is what's nuts about it. So like I find myself I'm rooting. Be- for them to to like mess up in spectacular fashion because it is what happens and that's that's typically it right there what else is going on well my dad's birthday is on wednesday and as if you're a regular listener you know my dad passed away uh back in february on february 16th um 
so we're, pr- we're going to try to do something there. I'm sure that's going to be nice and emotional. Um, you know, we also have my mom and my sister fighting again, which I've talked about many times on here. Um, because of this Wednesday, um, you know, nobody's doing anything the right way. Nobody knows what the right way is, but we're not doing it the right way. Or my sister spe- specifically isn't doing it the right way. I'm doing it the right way. I'm fine. So we got that drama building and burrowing and possible explosion Wednesday afternoon, Wednesday night after the kids uh, have their schooling and whatnot. Um, you know, and we're in week three of school, I think, right? Yeah. Week three of school, I guess that's what they're doing. Already had a big, big kerfuffle this morning where they keep changing my daughter's schedule. So we thought she had class at nine and no, it's eight 30. So she's 15 minutes late to her class when we realize, you know, so you got that going on. Just chaos. Just, just, just a little bit of slightly controlled chaos just to make everything go well. And then the other nice thing is, you know, I really, I, I, I want to take just a moment to, to really talk about this epi- this problem, this absolute major issue in, in uh, probably not just in our area, in the world here. It's just the stupid people syndrome, like uneducated people. So let me, let me tell you what I'm talking about here. So yesterday, Aaron had a little ladies day, right? Little ladies, ladies coming over. Um, and these ladies are all on the other side of the political spectrum than, than I am and my area. Um, and you know, Aaron and I were having a a long conversation around this, around the, the reason the political divide truly is so deep right now. It's, it really is a lack of a basic understanding of the government, education, how things work in the world. And then, you know, so if that's like that top layer, that second layer is then the, um, you know, as long as it's not affecting me, then it doesn't, it doesn't really exist, right? Like, hey, I don't have that problem, so it doesn't exist, right? So that's sort of that second layer. And the example of this is yesterday, uh, Aaron's getting in a heated argument with, with, with this person, um, and, and they're, they're just flat out wrong, right? They, they ha- had this opinion that if you're on Obamacare, that it's free, that it's just a free handout, right? And it's the complete opposite. I pay right now, like this, I'm in my first year, there's nothing to do with this. As a business owner, I'm in my first year of actually having insurance. Like Woodshed Agency has insurance. I pay people's insurance, right? Like, like we are like now legit. The only way that was able to happen is through Obamacare. And we get a small small tax break on it, right? So we pay almost 700 bucks a month for my family to be on healthcare. Yeah, 700 bucks a month. It's our second highest payment. So as Aaron is explaining to this fucking moron how this works, that we're not getting free healthcare, that we're not getting a free handout, she is looking at us and going, that's not true. And we're like, no, 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 that's exactly true. That's what we had to sign up. We had to go to the marketplace. We had to search for it. We had to find a policy that meet all the needs of our four families. We, oh, and can be affordable. And it took work, right? Um, you know, so, and, and all we get is a small discount, a small, small discount. I mean, I cannot stress that enough, but we have that option. And as Aaron is talking to this person, she's blatantly telling me, telling us that, that we're wrong, right? That she knows, even though she doesn't know. And then says, well, it's your fault. Obamacare should be taken away because it's your fault that you wanted to be an entrepreneur. And Aaron's like, what are you talking about? We are business, small business people. We want to pay people. We want to have a job. We, we've created, we create a business. That's what the whole other side of the coin is, is this idea around we create, I'm a, I create jobs. I pay people. I pay people. I have contractors. I have employees. I have healthcare now. Like I put money into the system. I pay a ton of taxes, right? Like I'm, I'm in the system here, people like this is legit. So it, so just standing back from that and, and, and looking at this equation here of this is a person who has the same upbringing as Aaron, the same area, same everything. And you just come down to education. You just don't put the time in to really understand. You are so entrenched in the bubble of media that plows in your in your head that you can't comprehend that there's another world out there. A world that's really close to you, your best friends. Like so you can't look at us and go, "Oh my gosh, it's awesome that you're able to have health insurance." And what what this person is really saying to Aaron and, and myself is, 
I hope that if something were to, ha- I wish you didn't have insurance. And if something were to happen, I'd want you to have to file bankruptcy and really lose it all because you got into a car accident or something. So, I don't know. You just got sick. You got COVID, whatever it might be. So thank God I have some insurance right now. Oh, very frustrating day yesterday. And again, education is top. Second layer down is, well, it doesn't affect me. And you know, this person we're talking about, she just goes and gets the corporate job, you know, and mind you has gotten fired from two or three corporate jobs. One of them allegedly for stealing, you know, so, you know, not really an amazing person at the end of the day, but you know what? She, she would like to take away my health insurance. So that's, that's, that's that mindset, man. Can't comprehend it. Can't comprehend. All right. I, I'm ranting. I'm ranting. So with all that said, don't be a Lions fan. Don't hang out with stupid people. I don't have any advice on how to handle dad's birthdays when you, when he passes, you know, the first year he passes away and uh, anniversaries are fun, right? That's the wrap up of this. So, all right, guys. Um, if you're thinking about running a crowdfunding campaign and you got to this point, I got a couple things for you. One, go over to woodshed.agency right now. There is a ton of stuff for you to click on. Go to, first, go to our blog. Read there. Subscribe to our newsletters. Tons of stuff coming out. Every Friday, we got a five for Friday. Uh, every 15th and 30th, we've got um, a newsletter wrap-up. Tons and tons of stuff there. Then if you want to go over, you can join our Discord community where we've got a bunch of conversations going on around the crowdfunding space. So click there. In fact, I'm in it literally, literally. I know everybody says that too much, but I'm in it right now. I'm literally staring at it. I'm looking at it right now. It's on my second screen here. So I'm in Discord right now. So if you have any questions or if you want to talk about something, just reach out. I'll, I'll, I'll answer you. It's me answering you. I don't, have, I don't even have any bots built in that world. Um, and then obviously I need you to smash that subscribe button if you're enjoying what you're listening to here, right? Uh, you know, we put out these episodes a couple times a week consistently. If not, we are working back up to that, to that, uh, uh, to that volume. But um, yeah, we're getting there, right? We're getting there. So, um, but okay, why don't we go ahead and listen to my conversation. Let's talk coffee. Um, and as most of you know, of your listeners, I've interviewed many coffee products. I don't drink coffee. I've never had a cup of coffee. I don't like really like hot drinks. I'm not that dude. Um, but, you know, I can still have a conversation, right? I can still hang and bang. You know what I mean? All right, guys. Uh, here's my conversation with Emil from uh, Pure Over. All right, so the red light's on. This is go time. This is when everybody gets really nervous. Are you nervous at all? No, I'm good, man. All right, well, let's start off quickly um, since I had to make some adjustments. Um, what did you have for breakfast this morning? Um, I had some sourdough bagels with uh, one bagel. Okay. Uh, <laughs> chive and onion cream cheese. <laughs> nice, nice. And I'm assuming any coffee in there or anything like that? Yeah, I washed it down with a pure over. Um, a nice uh, bold cup of some trailhead Guatemalan is what I'm brewing right now. So uh, local roaster here in Portland that I've, uh, I've loved for the last few years. So they always keep me, uh, keep me right. <laughs> keep you right. Keep you upright. Keep you going. Get that, uh, get that energy. <laughs> well, very cool. Well, instead of talking about breakfast, why don't we uh, actually flip over to why we're doing an interview here? Why don't you tell my listeners one, who you are and what you're currently raising money for uh, over on Kickstarter. Yeah, so uh, my name is Itai Ramil. Um, I am a glass artist um, of over 12 years. It's been my full-time job and my passion um, ever since I found the craft while I was uh, in college. Um, I didn't finish college, but I found glass. Um, it really <laughs> me on the trajectory that I felt was right for me. Um, and yeah, I've been doing that for 12 years. I make um, you know high-end sculptures um, that has been supporting me. Uh, and, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, we were in the glass shop. Um, coffee's a big part of my day. It's a big part of my shop mate's day. Uh, I mean, we were just kicking around the idea of, man, like, what if we could make coffee with only glass? You know, it's what we use, it's what we work with every day. Um, we looked around. We couldn't really find anything um, that people were making. That was kind of what we thought could be. Um, and, you know, we started tinkering around in the shop. Um, hand-blowing prototypes, figuring out what would work, what wouldn't work. Um, and six months later, we came up um, with what is now Pure Over. 
um, which is an all glass pour over coffee maker with a built-in filter, uh, no paper filters required at all for brewing. You only need uh, coffee and hot water. Um, wow. So yeah, that's what we're raising money for on Kickstarter right now. Um, you know, it's been a two year um, mission to get this up and running and to, you know, get everything set that we felt ready to launch. Um, and here we are two weeks into the campaign. That's great. That's awesome. So let's go back a little bit. How do you just get into glass making? Like, I don't know if that's, that's not, you know, I like to think I do a lot of stuff, but glass making hasn't been, uh, hasn't come my way. So how do you get into that uh, randomly? Yeah, you know, so um, I went to the University of Oregon, um, Eugene, uh, which has like a very deep hippie um, artisan culture to it. Um, I didn't actually know that that was kind of Eugene's, you know, MO before I got there. Um, and you know, after I got there, I got a job at a local, uh, head shop, um, and kind of got thrown into the world of glass blowing. I started meeting a lot of glass artists. Um, and actually the university of Oregon has a craft center. Um, <laughs> they teach ceramics, uh, glass blowing, you know, metalwork, woodwork. Um, and I decided to take a, a, a quick beginner class and I like immediately was drawn to it. Wow. Uh, I have never been creative in my life. I was never making art as a kid. I didn't take ceramic class in, in high school. Um, but as soon as I, you know, sat down at the torch and started making something, I like immediately connected to it. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. And so that kind of was like all I could see at that moment. Um, <laughs> kind of went by the wayside and, and I really just dug into the idea that I could be a glass blower um, for a living. That's um, interesting. What, I mean, you know, I don't know any glass blowers either. So what is like the, the mental makeup of a glass blower? Is it like extra patience? Is it like such detail, fine detail? Is it, Hey, just let it go wherever it go. Like what's the mind make makeup of, of, of a glass blower? Yeah. You know, it, it's kind of funny. Like when I was first taking those first classes, my, my mother uh, came and like sat in on one. And she was like, how are you concentrating so well on this, on this glass piece? I've never seen you concentrate this much on anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I think, you know, being able to find a medium that just kind of like zoned in on what my mind does well was glass for me, right? right. Um, and so, yeah, we are very de detail oriented. I do a type of glass called flame working. Um, which is a little bit different than, you know, what most people see um, or think of when they, they hear glass blowing. Um, a lot of people think of like the old Italian way of the big metal rods, you know, going into the, the vats of molten glass. Yeah. And, you know, that's a little bit different than what I do. Um, I have a torch that I manipulate uh, rods and tubes on. Um, <laughs> So, you know, I'm basically standing there in one place the whole time. <laughs> um, and yeah, it is a very detail-oriented uh, way of glass making. Um, we can, you know, take our time going in and out of the kiln. We can do, you know, super small details to the down to the millimeter. Um, and, you know, you definitely have to have some type of patience for, for what you yeah. choose to do. Um, and, you know, some people have different kinds of patiences. You know, some people will make a marble that takes them two days to make. I don't have patience for that, but I have patience <laughs> to work on a big piece for a month. Right. Um, so, you know, we all kind of find our own ways of, of working with the medium and, and really what connects to us. So, so you might've just mentioned it, but like are most of your things bigger sculptures than it sounds like? Is that, is that mostly yeah. what you work on? Yeah. You know, I, I do a little bit of both, but I think what I'm mostly known for are my like life-size musical instruments that I make out of mm. glass. Um, I've made, you know, like, 10 different kinds of instruments, trumpets, flutes, saxophones, trombones. <laughs> uh, so I've kind of, you know, focused on, on the fun instrument side of, of making um, representations of them out of yeah. glass. Um, I also make masks and replicas of antiques. Um, so yeah, I like to take my time and, and, and make, you know, larger scale uh, projects. That's interesting. And what kind of like, I guess in that space right here, what is the, the, the typical clientele for a, the trombone glass piece, right? You know, like, like what does your world look like? Cause I'm interested as to how it flips into, cause now you're making almost like an e-commerce type product, right? Like that's a, feels like a pretty big pivot to like a one-off trombone thing, right? You know? 
Totally. You know, so, you know, over the past years, I've, I've developed a pretty, you know, nice following of collectors and people that are interested in glass and art in general. Um, and the, the clientele kind of varies. Um, you know, some some younger people that that just like to collect things. Um, I sell to, you know, older CEO types that want to <laughs> piece their piano. Um, it, it's kind of all over the all over the board. Um, you know, it's really fun to see like how different people like to interact with art and what what they're willing to, you know, spend their hard-earned money on and what makes them happy. Yeah. Um, and it, it really varies, man. It's, mm. it's, uh, it's really fun working with all types of different people from, like I said, like, you know, 20 year old kids to, you know, 60 year old CEOs. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, it, it's kind of all over the board. That's cool. Well, let's, let's go now. Let's move over to this like two years ago, right? So you're standing there with your skill sets and you drink coffee, right? Or whatever. So like, how do you start to say, I think I could make a filter, you know? Yeah. And like, like, you know, that's a, that feels like a pretty big step there too, to go, I, I think I can do this. Totally. And you know, like, like you were saying before, like glasses is kind of an unknown to, to you and actually yeah. most people, right? We know how to yeah. saw pieces of wood in half, you right. know, that's kind of something that we just know by seeing it all the time yeah. and whatnot, but glass is definitely like a foreign material to people. Mm -hmm. Um, so a lot of the skills that, you know, I've developed, um, making what I make, <clears throat> excuse me, um, really like made it not easy, but I had a vision into how things could, um, be translated into a coffee filter. Sure. Um, and actually, you know, I have a lot of ideas. This is the one that I, um, that stuck and that I really felt was in my wheelhouse. Um, you know, I, I didn't want to be in, in some of the other businesses that, you know, came up in my mind, but, <laughs> you know, a glass coffee maker that I could prototype myself, um, take the time with, uh, with my hands. Um, I don't have to rely on a, on a third party, you know, design, uh, agency right, or right, anything right. like that. Um, this was like, this was my wheelhouse. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we just, you know, started exploring different shapes, um, different kinds of filters. Um, and again, like six months after, you know, taking a couple of days a week out of, you know, our, our busy schedule of, of making pieces for our, our clients, um, we came up with something that, you know, works really, really well and, and looks as nice as it works, I think. Well, it's interesting. What in that time period, that six month time period and stuff, what are you looking for in terms of, I guess, you know, because it's moving, the glass is moving from uh, an artistic scenario, right? Like it's going to sit on my piano, whatever, to it needs to actually function and do something, right? Like, so like, what are you trying to hit in terms of the functionality of like, oh, no, no, you're not going to lose anything by having this. It's going to be better. It's going to be worse. It's going to be the same, whatever it is. What are you trying to get to in that prototyping phase? Yeah. So, you know, most of my work, um, I don't know if I mentioned this, um, they are functional pipes. Um, hmm. So oh, the idea of something, you know, having form and function has been a driving factor in basically everything I make for the past hmm. 10 years. Interesting. Um, so I know that balance well. I know when it, you know, slips on one side to the other. Okay, am I making something that's really just going to look amazing and, and work still? Am I going to make something that works amazingly but doesn't look as nice? Um, yeah. Or is it going to be in the middle? Um, and yeah, it is a little bit different, um, designing something like this where I'm not using a lot of colors. I'm not, you know, remaking an, an imaginative, uh, you know, representation of an instrument or whatnot. Um, and so I really knew that I needed to have something, you know, right down the middle. It had to, to work really well and look really nice in anybody's kitchen, not just, mm -hmm. Know, the the one person that buys the commission from me right right and so that was definitely the you know a different um path that I, I was going down um but you know I felt it really natural and and you know designing is in my is in my mind and my blood all the time um and you know that was kind of the driving factor was okay this needs to look amazing on anybody's kitchen counter it right fit anywhere, which is why, you know, our, our footprint is, is smaller than most of the coffee makers out there. Mm -hmm. um, and it has to work really well. Um, yeah. And that's definitely like the, the path that we needed to go on the, the form versus function and making sure right. that, you know, met to each, met each other's standards.
Yeah, I think, I mean, from what it looks like on all the GIFs, the video, everything I've seen, I mean, you definitely hit that chord the correct way. Actually, no pun intended. I don't know why we're talking so much musical instruments, but like, yeah, no pun intended. <laughs> but like, yeah, you really did strike it the right way there. So, you know, so over that two-year period, what's the thing that's keeping you up at night? What's the thing that's like, oh my gosh, we got to make sure we get this right or that right? Yeah, you know, I, I didn't want to go on a Kickstarter to like, you know, start a brand, which, you know, sounds the opposite but i wanted to start a brand and bring our product to kickstarter mm-hmm. um so we worked really hard you know developing our identity um getting our, our manufacturing in order um you know getting our content ready um and everything that you would do if you were not launching on kickstarter uh, before launching on kickstarter mm-hmm. um you know i have a um, again a reputation as an artist um, I am going to deliver on this. We are going to deliver on this, like, um, you know, like we say we are, um, and doing everything we could, um, beforehand, um, was our goal. Um, and, um, and, you know, as far as what kept me up at night, you know, I, I, uh, that's a good question. Um, you know, everything, uh, everything and nothing. <laughs> um, it was very exciting and it was a lot of work. You know, I, w- I was working, you know, in the studio all day um, and then coming home and, and plugging away on this. Um, but I think just, you know, getting everything ready and, and meeting at the right date and, and converging at the time where we were ready to launch was, you know, a lot of work, super satisfying. Um, and it was a really great experience um, being able to work with the team kind of for the first time as well. Um, I've been doing... Gotcha glass art alone um you know i'm the maker the seller the marketer the website (laughs) dude customer service dude um and and, you know i built a really uh, good team around me um and that's been awesome yeah so now do you had you have experience making something though with glass that needs to be manufactured at scale like is there different things that have to happen so that you can give this design to somebody and say mass produce or is it something that you have to kind of imagine uh, somebody's making these things over and over and over and over and over, you know? Yeah. yeah. So the answer is no, I haven't done that before. Um, but you know, glass is an interesting material as in it, it's a handmade material. There are no mm-hmm. machines, you know, making the glasses that you are, are, are drinking out of. Right. So right. The, the vision of, of how things work um, with glass and how they're built and how they go together um, was really a strength. And, and again, kind of what I went back to before is, is this is, you know, totally in my wheelhouse in order to think of, of a glass object, um, to be made. Um, yeah. and, and there are different techniques that, that are used in mass production, but at the same time it's glass. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that that really gave, you know, me an edge as far as designing this product in particular. Um, and, yeah, I mean, manufacturing is, is a new thing, but we're ready for it. You know, we've, we've manufactured, um, you know, our first run of 100 um, that we have been, you know, sending out to test and for people to try, for influencers to show the world. Um, so we're ready. Uh, we feel good about it. Um, and, it, you know, it was a process, but we, we got there and we got there before launching, which was our, uh, which was our goal. That's cool. Where in this timeline does just the idea of crowdfunding or a Kickstarter or any of that sort of come into play to, to launch this? Did you have it from, from day one or was it something like, you know what, we should try this? You know, I think it was in our mind from day one. Um, mm-hmm. Kickstarter has always been like a, a fun, exciting thing to look at and, and to think about. Um, but, you know, we really saw the value in launching on Kickstarter by, you know, building a community of excited people that, you know, are not necessarily just looking for the product right now, but believe in the story and believe in our origin um, and believe in us um, mm-hmm. as people. Um, and, you know, it, it was just an attractive way to, to go to market, um, you know, as far as testing the market, you know, getting some funds in order to, to manufacture the first run, um, it just seemed like a, a no brainer, especially for the product itself. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's a product that we can see can get ex- ex- some excitement. Um, and you know, everybody loves coffee. <laughs> so <laughs> you know, we thought that there was a, a large market, especially on Kickstarter that would, uh, that would help support us. Now in this scenario, and I, I, I usually recommend like 
my project creators or my clients, like really think about this sort of buyer persona. And it sounds like you're sort of laying it out a little bit in terms of who would be into this product. It's not, you know, coffee drinkers could be, I mean, it's basically everybody, right? You know, like it could be basically, it's a gigantic audience, but you had that sort of environmental play in here as well in terms of, you know, cutting down waste and all that, that, that sort of narrative as well. Were you thinking about a buyer persona as you're laying out your Kickstarter page and, Hey, it's not just coffee drinkers. It's a coffee drinker. Who's this person? Like, you know, were you thinking about that sort of stuff? Absolutely. Um, you know, we, we really narrowed our, our customer, uh, into, you know, what, who are the people that are going to buy this product and, you know, people that buy their own beans and grind at home, mm-hmm. um, it really like our target, Um, and also, you know, small living, uh, uh, green living where, you know, you don't have to keep those paper filters in stock. Um, those were definitely two of like our main, um, roads to, to explore. Um, and we're definitely seeing that, um, pay off. And and a lot of people are excited about the, the no paper use. Um, and you know, it's, it's, can be a specialty product and I know it will start as a specialty product, but also we see this, you know, in anybody's kitchen that ever makes coffee. Um, you don't always need a big old pot of, of your Mr. Coffee maker. You know, right. sometimes you want that one cup in the afternoon to get you through. Um, pure over is definitely going to be that for you. And did you have for you particularly, cause since you're making the thing in, you know, in your mind and designing it, did you have that persona in your mind a little bit? first or did it come did the persona come after you're kind of you're holding something in your hands and going this is the person who would be into this you know i think a little bit of both um you know like i said before we really tried to build a business before going on kickstarter yeah Uh, have a great team around me um and we definitely you know thought about that a lot in developing our marketing um and developing our audience you know who are we going to advertise to um so yes, and you know, kind of both. Um, we realize that a lot of these things start out as specialty, um, but then kind of you know spread out into other markets and, and you know people that are not necessarily as um, specialty. Um, but yeah, it, it was definitely intentional, um, and, and we put a lot of work into um, our marketing plan and you know figuring out who was going to actually uh, be interested in this product. Cool. That's a, that's a good pivot a little bit. So let's talk a little bit around. So now you've, you've got this, you've got everything kind of built. When do you know that you're actually ready to launch the campaign? So you've got good assets, you've got, you know, you've got the buyer personas, you've got the prototypes or whatever, you know, you've, how do you know you're ready to hit that launch button? Yeah. You know, I mean, we've gone through a hell of a year, obviously. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think we pushed back our, our launch maybe like eight times, <laughs> um, <laughs> especially uh, because of COVID. Um, we really hit a wall as far as getting our samples in and our manufacturing. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously it was just a weird time and, and we kind of not paused, but we, we started pushing things back a little bit. Um, and I don't, you know, as far as launching a product, like there's never a good time, but there's always a good time and you can never be too prepared, but you know, there's always going to be things that, um, you wish you could have done. So we were really taking our time. We didn't want to rush anything. Um, like I said, you know, this wasn't my full-time job. It's becoming my full-time job. <laughs> like um, but we really were just taking our time and making sure that when we were launching, we were super comfortable um, with what we had. And, um, you know, after things, you know, started calming down, um, on our manufacturing side, we started getting, you know, our samples in like we planned and everything was looking good. Um, you know, we set that date basically to, uh, to try to hit, um, some, some Christmas, uh, shipping, um, we're, we're aiming to do. Um, but the last few months were definitely like, you know, super, super busy, you know, working till two, 3 AM to get everything ready. Um, and you know, we, we started off, uh, you know, planning our launch. That was a a huge pre-launch plan, um, which was super important to our success. Um, and you know, as soon as we thought we had everything in line, we we started executing that pre-launch plan. Um, and you know, that was about two months after we started executing um, we knew we were going to launch. So that's kind of when our hard date, um, landed, um, as soon as we started, you know, doing our influencer reach out, um, and sending products to people, um, getting press lined up, um, 
you know, once we were kind of firing on all cylinders there, we knew we had a concrete date that we needed to, to yeah. land on. That's cool. Well, you know, we've kind of buried the lead here a little bit. Um, we haven't even talked about the actual Kickstarter uh, in terms of numbers. Um, so hopefully uh, people are still still hanging in with us. But uh, as of the day we're talking, you have about 18 days to go, over $200,000, a ton of backers, almost 3,000 backers. So a lot of orders, which I think to me, the the, the amount of money is nice, but the amount of backers is those, to get all those early adopters. And those are the people talking about it. What's been the thing that's to this point has stood out the most, you know, in the back end of the dashboard or whatever it is where you're like, wow, we're big in Japan or Singapore. Has there been something that you were like, I did not expect this at all? Um, you know, international uh, interest was definitely, um, you know, we kind of, we know that, you know, the international scene has a lot of, of coffee fanatics, um, a lot of cool gear made everywhere. Um, but I guess we didn't realize like how much interest from, from international um, customers that we would get. Um, and so that was definitely like a nice, um, thing to see that this is not just a product that, you know, Americans would want to buy. Um, but you know, other than that, I think we, we kind of knew that there was a market for this. This is obviously a big test and, and, uh, it confirms our our thoughts. Um, (laughs) but you know, coffee making is is such a fun, versatile way. You know, I have a few different coffee makers that I've, that I use, you know, everybody seems to have, you know, two or three options for, for the specific time. Um, so that was really cool to see that, you know, people are buying multiple two. I see a lot of two and fives that people are going to buy for gifts. Um, I use two every morning. Me and I make me and my wife a cup of coffee, um, every morning with two pure overs. Um, so yeah, you know, I think just the, uh, the support from, from the international side and and just the, the buying multiple units, um, was, was nice to see. That's cool. Now you kind of mentioned this a little bit too, and I think this is specifically for project creators. If there was one thing that you could do differently, what would it be? right now, if there's just one thing that you were like, I wish we would have done this a little bit better. Um, you know, that's a good question. Um, um, one thing that we, I wish we would do better, you know, uh, maybe just understanding what a Kickstarter upkeep looks like. Mm. Um, you know, that was kind of the unknown, like, you know, how many, you know, what do we have to do while the Kickstarter is running in order to, um, keep it going, um, you know, and keeping up with your comments, keeping up with your messages is super important. Um, again, I've been kind of working like that for, for the past 10, 12 years as, as a glass artist, um, keeping up with, with people asking questions and whatnot, but it's definitely, um, it's definitely a lot and you have to be ready to keep up with it um, because people like to be responded to and, and people look at that and they want to see that you're engaged and you're not just selling something yeah. without um, being ready to engage with people. Um, so maybe just being prepared for, um, you know, all the comments coming at you and everything would be something that I would let people know that this is going to take up a lot of your time during the campaign. Yeah. It should, um, you know, you're, you're selling something with and taking people's hard-earned money. Um, and you should be ready to, uh, talk to them and let them know, um, you know, how to alleviate any concerns or, or just general questions. So with 18 days to go, what are you doing right now to just keep that momentum going, making sure that there's no big dips just to keep, you know, just keep that, that, like I said, that momentum going for the next, uh, next week, two weeks or so. Yeah. You know, so, um, like we talked about a little before, I have a decent um, following on my, my artwork. Um, and I'm definitely, you know, dipping into uh, my fans and letting them know that this is still available, which we've gotten a huge support for, from, um, we are, you know, uh, hitting press pretty hard. Um, we've had some good press so far and there should be some more coming out soon. Um, you know, we are working with a few different marketing agencies, um, to run ads and to, you know, be in some newsletters. Um, and so we're kind of firing on all cylinders, uh, you know, just making sure that people understand that, you know, there's only two weeks left, (laughs) (laughs) you you won't be able to get these prices, uh, for the peer over much longer. Um, yeah, just getting the word out and, and, you know, you know, making sure that, that people see it. Okay. So campaign ends 18 days, a couple weeks for all the money to, to get into bank accounts. What starts to happen on your guys's end to get these into people's hands? 
Yeah, you know, we're already going, man. We uh, we will be placing our first order soon for the first 2,500 backers, um, mm-hmm. 2,500 units. Um, and, you know, we're working with a fulfillment partner. Um, and we are going to, you know, like you said, do everything we can to quickly um, get pure overs in, into the hands of people that bought them. Um, and that's really our main goal right now, besides, you know, keeping the Kickstarter going, um, is really just fulfilling kind of, like I said before, you know, I have a personal reputation, um, and this means everything to me to not disappoint anyone. Um, so that's what we're trying to do. We're working with a great team. Um, we're, we're figuring out all our, our right partners. Um, and we're just trying to do this right. So, my other question then is going to be around, you know, this is a worldwide campaign, right? We've had, we've talked about the success of it and how that being, uh, being pretty, pretty, uh, pretty great. You know, how are you shipping glass all over the United States? How are you handling shipping and handling? Cause, uh, I know that can be a, uh, slippery slope. Totally. And you know, <laughs> I've had a little bit of experience shipping glass uh, for the past 10 years. Yeah. Uh, so I kind of understand, you know, how it needs to get shipped. Um, you know, what size boxes need to, to be in if there's a shipper outside the box, which there is. Um, so, you know, just making sure our packaging is secure um, and making sure that the way we're shipping things gives enough room to get bumped around um, is really the main, the mm. main uh, to, to worry about. And, you know, there are going to be some, some things that happen as, as if my pieces haven't, you know, sometimes had accidents on the way. Right. Uh, but, you know, that's the whole thing of taking care of our customers and, and we're prepared. So what does the next, I guess, maybe not so much specifically for you, but for the company, what do you see this next year looking like, maybe even year and a half? Like, is it multiple more products? Is it just getting this one really out and just confirming that it's all working and good? But what does like the, the next year and a half look like? Yeah, I think we're really um, going to focus on this flagship product of ours. Um, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. We want to make sure everything is in order and people are loving the product um, and everything is arrived safely. And, you know, really just want to make sure that that our focus is on pure over. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, saying that, you know, I am a, a designer at heart and I do have a lot of ideas, like I said. <laughs> Um, and so we're looking forward to, you know, innovate on, innovate further on, on other kitchen items and things for your home. Um, but for now our, our entire focus is on pure over. Yeah. And, and then how about, how about like a five year? I mean, where do you, are you seeing like, I'm making a bunch of coffee products. I'm making more glass products. I'm going to go back to more sculpture types. Like if you guys have a roadmap, like just what, what do you think five years look like, uh, for you guys? You know, I'm always going to be a glass artist, blowing glass and making sculptures. You know, that's, I'm never going to stop doing that. Um, It might be a little less uh, these days and continue (laughs) forward. Um, But as far as pure over goes, yeah, I, I, you know, we we see ourselves as a uh, design company um, that, you know, found a, a really nice aesthetic in our eyes, um, especially with the the juxtaposition of glass and ceramic. and, you know, I'm definitely looking forward to bringing that aesthetic to people's kitchens, um, whether it, you know, not only be coffee products or tea products, um, but just other functional items that we use every day that could get a little, a little lift up on the aesthetic wise and, and, you know, making people's kitchens look, you know, the same um, uh, as far as their, you know, the gadgets that they have in their kitchen. Um, I don't see us, you know, experimenting much with like electronic items and whatnot. Um, I think the idea of, you know, manual things is, is cool to us, um, which is, you know, why we went the back to the basics brewer. Um, (laughs) and, uh, yeah, you know, that's definitely exciting to think about, but again, we want to, you know, keep our feet on the ground and and grow naturally and, and focus on, on what we've been, um, selling to people so far. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's, I think it's a great idea, man. It, it really is. So let's, if you got a minute, I'd like to pivot over to a lightning round question that has nothing to do with Kickstarters or coffee or your products or anything of that stuff. So you ready? Yep. Let's All right. It. What do you, uh, what have you watched on the Netflix, Hulu, any sort of streaming? What's been the latest show you watched? Um, oh man, you know what I'm really ready for? We finished this a little bit ago is, is Ozark. I'm really ready for it. Oh yeah. Oof. Yeah. That was uh, that's intense, man. There's a couple of <laughs> nights there. I'm like, I got to watch something else. Cause I'm like on edge here. It's too much. <laughs> yeah, totally. You know, uh, I like the, I like some of those stupid real estate shows to be honest. Yeah. I, I'm, yeah. A big, I'm a big real estate fan. Um, 
you know, and I, I love looking at different houses. So those have been fun. Um, and other than that, you know, just, uh, yeah, I, you know, I don't watch much TV, um, but you know, just the classics too, a little always sunny. Um, <laughs> you know, I like watching some of the reruns of, of some of the classics, but yeah, you know, the, I'm ready for some new Netflix series for sure. <laughs> yeah. 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 How about a, how about a movie? Have you seen a movie lately? Oh man. Has anybody been seeing movies lately? Well, you know, it's funny. I, I've been asking these questions like pretty consistently and, um, you know, people are like, I just don't have time for movies, but then they'll say, I watched this like 12 parts thing over like 12 oh, days for hours. And I'm like, the movie's only an hour and 45 minutes. So yeah, but I, so it, it is funny, man. I don't watch a lot. I used to watch a ton of movies too, but I'm like, it's all TV shows. It's the, Dude, the 10 partners right now. I, yeah, I honestly, I don't watch many movies at all. Yeah. I do watch, um, TV shows like we were talking about, but I, I, I can't even say a movie I've watched in the last few months. It seems like, it yeah. seems like a weird time for movies. I know. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. How about a, how about a book? Have you read a book lately? Um, you know, I started reading, um, Jamie Schmidt's, um, book about entrepreneurial success. I forget mm. exactly the title, but she is the founder of, uh, Schmidt's Naturals, okay. um, which is the yeah. deodorant. Deodorant. Yeah. Yep. And she's, um, a genius. She's a Portland local. Um, mm. and you know, I, I just started getting into that and I'm excited to dig in. How about a podcast outside of mine? I mean, I know I'm the first one on the top there, but any other podcasts you might be listening to? Yeah, I listen to a lot of, you know, Guy Raz's How I Built This is kind of my go-to. <laughs> yeah. um, other than that, you know, uh, it's a lot of music and, uh, and, and whatnot. Well, how about la- latest album or song you've, uh, you're enjoying? Yeah, you know, um, let's see, man. I, uh, uh, man, let's see what, what I've been listening to. Um, I listen to a lot of hip-hop. Um, a lot, the, the, the new run, the jewels is great. Oh yeah. That's, that's a nice one. Yeah. Yep, I've also found this new artist. Uh, he's not a new artist, uh, Masigo, um, who is, uh, you know, an R and B and saxophone player, which is really awesome. Um, and you know, a lot of the classics, I like a lot of Kendrick, a lot, a lot of J rock and nice. you know, a lot of that vibe. Very cool. How about, uh, is there a, like a, um, a blog you go to or any sort of online material like, Hey, I always go to this channel to get info on marketing or just, you know, just to stay up in this world. Is there any, any resources you go to? Um, you know, I'm kind of all over the place, to be honest. Um, you know, there's a lot of focusing on, on what we're doing right now. Um, but I do try to take it in as much as I can. Um, I don't know if there's a specific one that I can, that I can spit off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to just take everything I, I can in right now. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I think we did a good job here. Where should we send people if they want more information outside of the Kickstarter? I'll have the links to that, but maybe if they want to dive into your world or see some of your other artwork, where should we send people? Yeah. Um, so, uh, our website is pureover.com, P-U-R-E-O-V-E-R.com. Um, it's kind of a little bit what's on the Kickstarter. If you want to check out some of my work, um, it's just etiramil.com. Try to spell that right off the bat. <laughs> r-a-h-m-i-l.com i'm sure you can find it uh, yep. on the same post as the podcast um, <laughs> and uh yeah you know uh that we have some cool press to read about um that you can also find up on our instagram um which is pure over coffee um and yeah check it out Awesome. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you taking time out of your day and being flexible today. Uh, we had to, we had to do a little bit of moving around today for the old dentist appointment for myself, but, uh, I appreciate you taking out of it. Yeah. You got to keep these teeth clean, right? Of course. Of course. Yeah. That's super important. Um, but man, awesome campaign, awesome product, great design. I love these campaigns that are simple that, you know, it's not, it's not a bunch of, uh, bebopping and lights flashing and, uh, there's nothing, I don't need my phone. I don't need my iPhone with it. Right. That's, I don't think it syncs. There's no syncing to devices. Right. No, no, you know, I don't know. It's not, no, I don't need that. No, that's, I'm too synced. I got enough syncing going on. Let's just go back to some basics. I think you guys have really struck a, struck a really good uh, chord here with that. So again, great job on the campaign. And I look forward to seeing what you guys do in the, over the next, uh, next 18 days. All right. Thanks so much. Jeff. Awesome. Thanks so much for your time. All right, All right. How about that conversation? I told you, man, we went all over the place with it and I, I, I don't know. I really enjoyed it, man. It was like one of my, I felt like, Honestly, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pat myself on the back. 
I thought it was a really good interview. I think I did a great job bebopping and scatting a little bit, talking about stuff. So um, again, go over to the Kickstarter right now. Support. Be a backer. Be a Gawker backer. Support for a dollar. Put a dollar in. Whatever you got to do. Um, but back that campaign uh, or buy it. I mean, get this new thing for your coffee. If you're a coffee drinker, this looks awesome. And you don't have to buy filters. And get rid of those freaking Keurig things, right? Let's, let's stop polluting the world with that one-off little little things, right? Really? ridiculous um let's have some let's think about let's think about sustainability let's think about the grandchildren right the children's children type of stuff but um yeah 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 all right let's listen to some sugar people i'll talk to y'all later bye